Hey guys, it's Tim and this is Wrestling Unlimited as it's Monday and we're here with the wrestling wrap up. A handful of news brought to you in one easy to watch video, but it's not just me. We've got Luke here with me today as well. Luke, how's your weekend? What's going on? Let me know your thoughts. AW Full Gear. What's going on, everybody? Happy Monday. Didn't really get a chance to watch Full Gear last oh. Saturday because, you know, I was at a Clemson game. It was fun. I did watch as much as possible after the game. I thought Full Gear was it was a good show. Like I enjoyed most of the stuff that happened on Full Gear. Yeah, with my review, I said I basically enjoyed everything. There was only a couple of things I complained about, like Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy fighting outside the cage. What the hell? Why even have a cage match? But we got that review up right now. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. But as far as today's show, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven stories to talk about. We're going to talk about a top AEW wrestler wrestling a top New Japan wrestler at Wrestle Kingdom on January 4th. We're going to talk about Triple H wanting to push a former Universal Champion who's kind of had a up and down road on the main roster. A former Cruiserweight Champion's coming out of retirement. Kane Velasquez, who is out of jail, wants to work a Triple A show. Royal Rumble set a record and so much more. And I want to say thank you to Esports Gaming Rules 316 on YouTube. No, Twitch. For the... Tier 1 subscription, really do appreciate that. And if you want to support us on Twitch, you can do so a couple of different ways. You can either hit that donate button down below or donate Twitch bits in the live chat. Also, you can be like Esports Gaming and subscribe to the channel. You can either subscribe with a tiered subscription or you can do it with Amazon Prime. Because remember, if you have Amazon Prime, then you have Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games, free stuff for games. It always gives you one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to. And it doesn't even have to be your Amazon account that you're using. It could be anybody's Amazon account, whether that's your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, your grandma, your grandpa, anybody. You just say, hey, can I link my, my Twitch to your Amazon so I could support cool creators? And I would hope you'd do so right here. But if you're not watching live, and you're watching over on YouTube, you can support us over there as well by becoming a channel member. As a channel member, you get early access to news, early access podcast episodes, early access non-news videos, and so much more. Like today, I will be putting out a behind-the-scenes video on how I created the graphics I used for the AEW Full Gear stuff, whether that is for our social media posts, thumbnail on YouTube, and so forth. I will be putting out a behind-the-scenes video on that later on today. And also remember, head over to the Epic, whoop, wrong button, wrong button, wrong button. Head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over to the Epic Game Store and buy something. Whether you're buying a new game, whether you're buying an old game, whether you're claiming one of the free games, they're getting bucks for Rocket League, Fortnite, Fall Guys, or Rumbleverse. Use our code PWUNLIMITED at checkout and you'll be supporting us without having to spend anything extra. My question to you, have you played Marvel's Spider-Man from 2018? Have you played Marvel Spider-Man's Miles Morales? If you haven't, because you don't have a PlayStation, well, they're all on the Epic Games Store now, and play them. What are you waiting for? They're in my top five, top three of my all-time favorite games. Use our code P-W-U-N-L-I-M-I-T-E-D at checkout, and you're buying those games. It doesn't cost you anything extra. It's about 20 seconds to type that in, and you'll be supporting us right here. But as far as the news does go, the first story we're going to talk about is 
has to do with New Japan Pro Wrestling and a top AEW star working the show, even though, even though this show was on a Wednesday. That means Kenny Omega is going to be missing the January 4th AEW Dynamite, which now this graphic right here, let me pull it up on the screen, makes a little more sense because I was like, there's a date missing here. Why are they skipping a week in the best of seven? And now it all makes a little more sense why they've skipped a week in the best of seven. So if we look at this image right here, and why will it not come up on the screen? Um, come on. So if we look at this image right here, we see best of seven for the AEW Trios Championships. November 19th, which was last weekend. November 23rd, which was this weekend. The 30th, the 14th, the 21st, the 28th. Then they skip the first week of January. And then we go January 11th in Los Angeles. So I was thinking they're skipping the first week of January because they want that big final match to be in L.A. The Young Bucks win the belts in L.A. And there we go. But that's maybe part of the case, but not the full case. Also, Melvin Benton says, wait, you mean I could play Marvel Spider-Man on my Xbox? No. I mean, you can play it on your PC through the Epic Game Store. Anyways, the reason, or one of the reasons that this match is taking place, or this best of whatever tournament, 7, is not taking place on January 4th is because well, Kenny Omega is taking on Will Ospreay on January 4th. New Japan Pro Wrestling has now made it official that Kenny Omega will face the current IWGP United States Heavyweight Champion and Will Ospreay on January 4th at Wrestle Kingdom 17. No word as far as Omega's challenge on if the United States Championship will be on the line, a championship that Omega once held. According to a press release from New Japan, they state, quote, After the events of Historic X Over on November 20th, two championship matches have been... Oh, so it is... The title will be on the line. Never mind. I apologize. Uh, two championship matches have been announced. One will see Will Ospreay defend the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship against Kenny Omega. With his eye-catching style in the ring, controversial uh, character outside, and ruthless killer instinct, Osprey was always bound to meet with, with Kenny Omega after all the comparisons. The cleaner has departed New Japan Pro Wrestling over the last couple of years and has found himself in All Elite Wrestling. Some biting, uh, biting com or bidding comments, whatever word it's supposed to be, in social media only added fuel to the fire and direct physicality would follow when the United Empire faced the elite at AEW's tournament to crown the first trios champions. A video message from Omega and a fast confirmation from Osprey quickly laid the framework for what will undoubtedly be the most anticipated match on the Tokyo Dome card for many and may be the most anticipated matchup on any card in 2023. Just who deserves to be labeled, quote, the best bout machine? As the IWGP US title only continues to raise its status, who will leave with the belt? So with that, Kenny Omega will be challenging Will Ospreay at Wrestle Kingdom. And that means Kenny's not going to be on that week of Dynamite, but, oh, this match is going to be awesome. This match is going to be amazing. I can't wait. Luke, what do you think of Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay at Wrestle Kingdom? Honestly, this match is going to be amazing. What makes this match even more exciting is that Kenny Omega, he was also the first ever 
Hmm? WGP US champion. Yep. I think that's exciting as well. Good on AEW for letting Kenny work Wrestle Kingdom. His first Japan match since leaving, I think. Uh, New Japan match, I believe. I think he's worked DDT, maybe. I'm, I'll look it up. I'll look it up. Kenny Omega matches. Has he worked anything in Japan? Um, let's see. Impact, AAA, AW, AAA. This might be Jericho Cruz, DDT in 2019. Yes, he tagged, he did a mixed tag with Riho in 2019 for DDT. So that would have been his last yeah. match in Japan. This match has also been teased on Dynamite a mm -hmm. few times. Right. Well, they did so, the whole. Sorry to cut you off, but after a, I think it was after an episode of Dynamite when they had this, the trios tournament match, they went back and forth on the mic. It was off TV, but they went back and forth on the mic. And like Kenny Omega called Osprey a ripoff, Kenny Omega or whatever, knockoff. It's been teased a couple of times, so I'd say, you know what? Wrestle Kingdom. This match is going to be exciting. Oh. Honestly, I kind of kind of feel like ever since Kenny left New Japan, like ever since him, the Bucks all left, people just started like not to care about New Japan, I would say. Yeah, a lot of people like that. <laughs> and I think it's probably just them putting Kenny on the show, just starting like people get more excited about New Japan again. Oh, at least yeah. Let's see and see, you can say you can say that, which I believe could be true for most. And then some people will go, "Well, the Japan fans still care about New Japan. It's the American fans." Well, Kenny appears, you know, he's got an appeal to both. Especially since he's fluent in Japanese. Like, if you watched the promo video that they aired of him challenging Osprey, three quarters of that video is in Japanese. And then at the end, he has a couple lines in English. So, Kenny has that crossover of, yes, he's a good wrestler to have to get the North American audience in. But the Japanese audience, at points, considered him one of their own. Because how much he embraced the culture. How much, I believe he became a Japanese citizen at one point as well. He was living there full time. So a little more info on how this match came about. This is from Fightful. Did you state that Kenny Omega is heading back to New Japan and Wrestle Kingdom in 2023? After a four-year absence, we're told the conversations started this summer about Kenny facing Will Ospreay in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, they would go on to state that even though Talks happened in the summer around June and Forbidden Door. Plans were not finalized. Fightful is told that Rocky Romero, per usual, played a huge role in facilitating the match and helping it get cleared. Romero has been a huge factor in New Japan's global expansion and their positive relations with numerous companies. At one point, Romero was said to be in frequent contact with AEW owner Tony Khan to make this deal happen and others as well. Those familiar with the situation claim that the deal only got finalized within the last about two to three weeks, despite, converse, despite conversations happening over the course of several months. The suspension in related to the all-out incident after the press conference with the elite, CM Punk, and others didn't kill the talks, even for the time being. But 
we've heard that it certainly slowed things down at one point. So this is something that they've been talking about doing for a while. It just got finalized, and I guess the moment it got finalized, they had Kenny film that video. So really cool. Can't wait. And now here's my question. Are we about to get an AEW wrestler on a card with possibly a WWE wrestler as well? Like, same show? Because if Carl Anderson is defending the Never Open Weight title, as many expect, at Wrestle Kingdom... Kenny's working Wrestle Kingdom. That's a new. That's an AEW guy. Not in the same match, but an AEW guy and a WWE guy on the same card. That'd be an interesting one, politics-wise. That that would be interesting. But the question is, do they have like Carl work Wrestle Kingdom, or do they just have him like lose the belt just like right before Wrestle Kingdom? I know the plan was always for him to work Wrestle Kingdom. Even before they went back to WWE, they had basically he had a working handshake agreement that him and Gallows would work through and at Wrestle Kingdom. So I do believe all the stuff with, oh, if you don't show up at the pay-per-view and you work Crown Jewel instead, you're going to be in trouble and this and that. When they didn't strip him of the belt like they usually do, they stripped John Moxley because he couldn't fly into the country for a typhoon. Yet they didn't strip Carl Anderson, which leads me to believe that's all storyline. But if if they didn't strip him there and they're cool with him not working there, I honestly could see that that match with him and Hikaleo at Wrestle Kingdom. I don't see another show between now and then, honestly, big enough to facilitate him going all the way to Japan. Because he's got to make that flight out there. That means that's time off from WWE. If it's Wrestle Kingdom, it's in the middle of the week. He's not going to miss any WWE time per se. And then they go from there. So I think it's Wrestle Kingdom. Carl Anderson drops the belt to maybe Hikaleo. Yeah, like it would be cool if he did work in New Japan. Then we got like, yeah, like you said, like a WWE guy, AEW guy, and New Japan people all in the same show. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I don't think, and someone in the live chat or the comments can correct me. I don't think there's been a wrestling show since AEW started that had a contracted AEW wrestler and a contracted WWE wrestler on the same card. I don't believe. I could be wrong. And especially somebody as big as Omega... And pushed as well-ish as we see Carl Anders. Like a featured... Like it would be different. And no offense if this was like... I don't know. Cedric Alexander. Going over there and working a New Japan show. And Kenny Omega's on it. But if it, it being Carl Anderson. Somebody who is featured prominently on the shows. So... It's going to be interesting to see how it all does work out. Going forward. But as far as Wrestle Kingdom itself, quickly talk about that. There's five matches that have so far been announced. We do know this match of the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship, Will Ospreay against Kenny Omega. We know there's a four-way for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. It's Taiji Ishimori defending against uh, Hiromu Takahashi, El Desperado, and Master Wado. We've got the finals of the inaugural New Japan Pro Wrestling World Television Championship match or championship, it's Zack Sabre Jr. against Ren Narita. 
the IWGP Women's Championship will be on the line when the new and first ever champion Kyrie defends against Tam Nakano. And the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship will be on the line when Jay White once again defends against Kazuchika Okada. So this will be a fun show. And I believe they've gone back to the one-night show. Last couple of years, they've done two nights. Technically, this past year, they did three nights, even though the third night was like three days after. I think it was like January 4th, 5th, and 8th. But they're back to just one night. Tokyo Dome, Tokyo, Japan. But moving forward to some more-ish international wrestling news. Cain Velasquez, who's wrestled for AAA and once wrestled for WWE, well, he wants to work more for AAA. And even though he's just got out of jail, asked for permission to go work a AAA show in Tempe, Arizona, as, well, we got to following news. This is an interesting one. Former UFC heavyweight champion, an occasional professional wrestler, Cain Velasquez, has requested permission to be part of AAA's return to the United States on Saturday, December 3rd. Velasquez is currently out on a $1 million bail, $1 million bail on attempted murder charges stemming from a February incident in which he allegedly chased down a man and fired a weapon into a truck that contained several people. One of them, a man who allegedly sexually assaulted both his child and one of his relatives. In a Santa Clara County court document on Monday for an arraignment, Velasquez and his legal team asked Judge Daniel Nishigawa for permission to wrestle at the promotion's Tempe, Arizona show. They're first in the country since they ran New York City back in September 2019. The event will be held on the campus of Velasquez Alma Mater, Arizona State University. The lead, Santa Clara prosecutor, was unable to attend Monday's hearing with a representative objecting to the request and requesting the decision be rescheduled for another month. However, Velasquez's lawyers objected due to, the, due to that being uh, past the actual date of the actual show. Nishigawa rerouted the request to a different judge more familiar with the case, and a ruling from the new judge is expected to be announced tomorrow, hopefully. Velasquez currently has travel restrictions as part of its bail arraignment that would not allow him to leave basically not just the state, but the city and the county of Santa Clara. ESPN's Mark Ramondi noted on Twitter that his team has been discussing his involvement with this show since last week, whence he was released on bail November 8th. Velasquez has wrestled for AAA three times previously, most recently in December of 2021 at Triple Mania Regina. He famously was signed to WWE back in 2019, wrestled Brock Lesnar at Crown Jewel the same year, and then was released by the company not long after, after working only one other match at a live event. So, Cain Velasquez still wants to pro-wrestle, yet he's not allowed to leave the county. And they're like, hey, this guy wants to do this, kind of his job right now to do that kind of stuff and it's like they're coming down to the wire hopefully we hear something tomorrow but what a request to be like yeah i'm out on a million dollar bail for almost killing the guy but can i go to arizona and and, and do a wrestling show very odd very odd request ish not odd for him since it's kind of like his thing wrestling mma but yeah i mean Assume AAA would be okay with them wrestling, but it's really just to like the county. Mm -hmm. Say, yeah, 
would assume AAA would say yes. Well, yeah, it, he's not asking for the request if it's not already in place for AAA. But it's really just like up to the county, though. If, well, yeah. And if they say no, then it's just no. Right. They basically let us say yes, you can travel there. Because right now he's not allowed to travel. I don't know if it's outside the county or just outside the city of San Jose. I'm not sure which one. Because he lives in San Jose. So, that's an interesting story we will keep an eye on. And speaking of Cain Velasquez, formerly working in WWE, there were talks back in 2020 of him being in the Royal Rumble. That never materialized. But the 2023 Royal Rumble, well, it's setting records already, and it hasn't even happened. According to Mike Johnson over at PW Insider, he posted the following press release from WWE that states, WWE Royal Rumble 2023. Slated for Saturday, January 28th, has broken the company's record for largest gate in the event's 36-year history. Over the weekend, Royal Rumble surpassed the $5 million mark and previous record holder from 2017. The last time the event was held in San Antonio's Alamo, uh, Alamo Dome. This carries a 2022 trend into 2023, where WWE set gate records for many of its events, including WrestleMania. Extreme Rules, and Crown Jewel. There we go. WWE Royal Rumble next January has already uh, has already made over $5 million. And the show's still got more tickets on sale. Like, it's not like there's no more tickets available. It's not like they're saying it also sold out. Nope. They're just saying that they're making a lot of money. It's really cool that they're making a lot of money because, you know, last year, during the Royal Rumble, they they brought in Mickey James from Impact. Mm -hmm. A lot of people think maybe they could bring someone else from like another wrestling company into the Rumble. Maybe whether that's someone from New Japan or maybe someone else from Impact. Now I know when they got Mickey, other people started pitching names to Vince for the men's match, and Vince was like, "Ah, we don't need him." But one name I know that was pitched, whether Vince knew who he was or not, was Moose. I know that was one name pitched to be like, oh, if we can get people for the women's match like Mickey James, can we get someone for the men's match? And I was told one name pitched was Moose. I don't know any other names. I know Vince was given like a handful of names and kind of like shrugged them off as if he didn't know who they were. So I like the idea of bringing in, even if it's just one, bringing in somebody that has some sort of a name whether they're formerly in WWE or never in WWE, like Moose, and having them work the Rumble. I like that idea. We'll see if they do that. I have no clue if they will or not, though. Maybe Triple H would. Triple H is not against not against it. I remember when he had Tyler Breeze face Jushin Thunder Liger in an NXT event. I also remember back in NXT, they did. They brought back... Uh... Shelly to team up with Kushida against yep. Grizzly Young Veterans. Oh. Match. I just got it. So they're letting Nakamura face Great Muda on New Year's. So how about Muda comes into the Rumble a month later or 20 something days later? That would be really cool. You get Nakamura, we get Great Muda. That would be awesome. That would be an awesome one to do. Yeah, that's. I'm sure Muda would definitely be okay with it. If his schedule, yeah, if his schedule... I'm trying to remember when. He's got a big match. When's... 
uh, Great Muda final match. Because I think it's like second or third week of February. So I think the timetables, like the timelines would. Uh, Muda, 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 Muda. Trying to figure out when he said that last match is going to be. Um, I don't know, but I know he's got like his final match ever or whatever is supposed to be in early February. But I know he just had his last New Japan match, but I don't know about his final match match. Um, yeah, all I'm finding is February. No date, though, that I can find at the moment. So that would be a really fun one. Do a little crossover there. Even maybe have, depending on what happens in the match with him and Nakamura, maybe do a spot based off of that match in the Rumble. I think it would be fun. Very fun. Also, speaking of WWE pay-per-views, really quick, if you didn't see the news this morning, WWE will be doing a post-show uh, post press conference Following this Saturday night's WWE Survivor Series Royal Rumble. WWE did this following... So they did it following Clash at the Castle this year. And then before that, they hadn't done one since WrestleMania 30. A post-show press conference like this. That I can remember. Since WrestleMania 30. I think it was... No. Not 30. 29, I want to say it was. The last time they did one of these like post-show press conference things. Since Saturday says War Games. Did I say something wrong? The Survivor Series War Games, right? Anyways. War Games is this weekend. And there's a press conference right after that I believe. Let me pull up the graphic really fast. I believe it'll be airing on WWE's YouTube just like the last one. Let's see. It says... Yes. WWE's YouTube, Facebook, and TikTok. Not airing on their Twitter. Very interesting. As we move forward, got some AEW news here. Brian Danielson has actually revealed that he is no longer a full-time professional wrestler. While speaking to Ron Funches on the One Fall podcast, he said he would be cutting back when his AEW contract is up, stating the following. I would like to wrestle a match two weeks before I die, right? And to not know that is my last match. That would kind of be my ideal situation, but I'm not going to be a full-time wrestler for much longer. That all said, I'm not going to be a full-time wrestler for much longer. But my AW contract is up. That's pretty much me being done with being full-time. But I like the way some people like Harry Funk or Jerry Lawler and those kind of guys do it where they do it for fun, right? And don't do it all the time. They do it here and there, that sort of thing. But as long as I have fun doing it, and as long as I experience joy doing it, it's something I want to continue to do for the rest of my life. I saw my kids on Tuesday, and there's a chance if something happens to me, I may never see them again, right? And all that does, rather than be morbid about it, is to not take things for granted. But every time that I get a chance to wrestle, it's beautiful. And every time that I get to wake up with my kids and make them breakfast and put them to bed at night is beautiful too. And you can can even ex extrapolate that to each individual breath 
in its own way. It's beautiful and different. Basically here, Danielson is saying that once his current AEW contract is up, which I believe is September 2024, he's not going to be full-time anymore. And I don't know what that means as far as his relationship with new with AEW, whether he signs a new contract with AEW that makes him a part-timer. Maybe he, I don't know, goes back to WWE on a part-time schedule in September of 2024, but that's still so far away. Yet, he's got... He said before that he was going to sign his last full-time deal, and then he went to AEW and signed a full-time deal there. So I think right now we can take this as his plan, but plans can always change. Yeah, but you can also just think, you know, like I'm sure his kids his kids are going to get older. He probably wants to be there. His kids like full-time, and that's understandable. Or, mm-hmm. or maybe like after done with AEW in 2024, maybe he goes – Sounds like a part-time, like, one-year deal with WWE. He does, like, a part-time thing there, kind of like what Edge is doing. Right. Like, Edge signed. I think Edge's thing was three years, four matches, five matches a year total. I could see Danielson doing something like that if he wants to go back to WWE. And I don't see why AEW wouldn't do something similar for him if he wanted to stay there as well. But I just, that's the thing. I know if Vince will, now people are going to like say, oh, you're probably wrong on that one. But I know if Vince was still running the company, there's probably a good chance that he would want to go back there and end his career with WWE. I don't know his relationship with Triple H personally, but he said it before. Like a lot of people say, I saw Vince like a father figure. And so there would have, there could have been a, uh, a slight chance of he would want to go back there. And finish up with that company before he's fully, fully no longer wrestling at all. So I could see it going either way. Him staying with AEW and being part-time. Or him going to New or and, I mean, I could see him going to New Japan too. But going to WWE and being part-time as well. I still think he does at least one New Japan match before he retires. One, you know, in the future. And yeah, maybe he does a few things like left with AEW. Maybe he does something with New Japan. Then... I'd say finish it off with WWE. Yeah. He still wants that Zack Sabre match, though. He didn't get it. He was supposed to get it at at, um, Forbidden Door and never got it because he got hurt. So, Speaking of All Elite Wrestling, Jon Moxley set a record as the champion. Jon Moxley set a record. You could say he broke a record, but AEW is so new still that anything that is breaking records is really just setting records. At this point, but despite losing the AEW World Championship to MJF at full gear, there is a positive for John Moxley coming out of this last title run, which is his third. Moxley now has the longest combined reign as an AEW World Champion at 347 days over his three separate reigns. Incredibly, his record is only one day more than the previous record held by Kenny Omega, who held the title once. Kenny Omega held the title one time, for 346 days. Now, of course, Omega does still have the longest single reign record with that 346 days, but Moxley now has the record of longest reigning champion combined over all reigns. Moxley held the title for 277 days during his first reign, 11 days during his second, and 59 during his third and last. I wouldn't say last, last, but 
most recent. Um, this doesn't include the time as his interim champion, though. As when he was interim champion, that's an actual extra 59 days if you want to count that as well. So kudos, John Moxley out here setting records with AEW. And I mean, I would say for the first five years of a new company, anything that is setting records, you can't say, oh, he broke this record because it's like, what was really to break? But kudos. Moving forward. We're going to hit two more WWE stories before we wrap things up as one former Cruiserweight champion who has not wrestled in a very, very long time is coming out of retirement to work at WWE live event. Yep. Jamie Noble, the former WWE Cruiserweight champion and former Ring of Honor world champion announced over the weekend that he is coming out of retirement. The 45-year-old posted on Instagram Sunday morning that he will be performing on December 11th at a WWE house show in his home state of West Virginia. The event takes place in Charleston, which is an under two-hour drive from Noble's hometown of Hanover, West Virginia. Noble officially announced his active entering retirement back in 2019 due to a neck, shoulder, and back injury. He returned for a few house shows in 2012 and 2013 before an on-screen role as a member of J&J Security with Seth Rollins in 2014 and 2015. His final match actually took place on June 8th, 2015 on an episode of Monday Night Raw. Noble and um, Joey Mercury defeated Seth Rollins in a handicap match that night. Noble wrote the following on his Instagram. It's official. On December 11th at the Charleston Civic Center, Charleston, West Virginia, I will compete for possibly the last time in wrestling under the greatest company of all time, WWE. It's been roughly 11 years since I was forced out of the ring. Now, I'm going to have one more opportunity in front of my people, my state, my family. I promise you, I will walk out a winner, or I will go out on my shield, giving the best performance I can give. All the support I can get will be so gratefully appreciated to show that I can still go. Thank you, God bless you, and God bless West Virginia, Noble posted on his Instagram. Now, we don't know who the opponent's going to be, what kind of match it's going to be, whether that is a singles match, tag team match, multi-person match. And we also, again, don't know who he's actually going to face. But I love Jamie Noble. I've always been a Jamie Noble fan. Even back in the day when he was in Ring of Honor, he defeated CM Punk to become the Ring of Honor World Champion in 2005. Well, technically, he won a fatal four-way match, I believe. I'm trying to remember. Christopher Daniels and Samoa Joe was also in that match. And then he lost the title a couple months later to Brian Danielson. So, kudos to Jamie Noble for getting back in the ring and having one more match. It seems like the thing. People are forced to retire due to injury. But then all of a sudden now, years and years later... They can come back, just like we saw this past weekend with Soraya. I I think it's cool. I would assume who he faces is probably going to be a, like a super safe match. Yeah. But well, the opponent an idea could be Seth Rollins. Maybe he defends the title against Me Noble. I was thinking that too. When you say super safe, I mean they did let they did let uh, Brock Lesnar ragdoll him around a couple times back in 2014 and 2015 when they were doing the J and J security stuff. So 
We know that he's not afraid of his injuries because if you're letting Brock Lesnar throw you around, even though everyone says Brock Lesnar's super safe, but just to get ragdolled like that, you know you're going to be feeling somewhat okay. As we move on to our final news story of the day, this one has to do with a former NXT champion who's a former Universal champion. You could probably figure this out. That Triple H actually wants to push after their Rocky Road on the main roster. That's Finn Balor. Went to a new report from Louis Dangor over at Give Me Sports via WrestleVotes. They do write the following. Since becoming CCO, Chief Content Officer, Triple H has looked to do more with several WWE stars who it could be argued were underutilized under Vince McMahon. One of those names is Finn Balor, who has been booked arguably better than he ever was since Triple H took power. They state that doesn't take a genius to realize that Triple H is pretty keen on Finn Balor and is going to look to book the Irishman as one of his featured performers. Russell Vogt stated, quote, They've always, always really liked each other. Seeing what Finn has been over the last few years, Hunter sees almost like a reclamation project, but one that he can get behind because of their personal relationship. Hunter's first... Real big name was Fergal when he signed him back in the day. So they've always had a relationship and worked well together. Hunter has always believed in him. When Finn got injured after he won the Universal title at SummerSlam 2016, he, was check, he would check on him daily, like keeping the relationship tight, even though he had already left NXT. So basically Triple H does want to do something big with Finn Balor going forward. They state, so considering this, he's one of the... Biggest wrestlers in WWE right now, especially on the Monday Night Raw roster. How close his relationship is with Triple H. It's no surprise that Triple H would want to push him and push him better than he's ever been on WWE's main roster. Now the question is, though, how high does this man go? Do we have him face Roman Reigns? Do we have him become a world champion? Like, inevitably, he's got to win that universal title again just to redeem himself from last time, right? Yeah, I mean, I would assume they separate the Universal title and WWE Championship eventually. Hopefully. Hopefully. Or, I mean, or not, at least, like, create another world title for, like, another show. Hey, USA Network has asked for it. Apparently, USA Network over the summer got very upset that they didn't have a world champion at all on the show. Yeah, like... Correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't WrestleVotes like report like a month or two ago that there were significant plans for Balor in the future? No, it was that when Triple H first took over, he didn't see the vision of Judgment Day. But over the last month or so, especially since adding Dominic, Triple H has very got behind the Judgment Day group as far as wanting to push them as one of the top acts on Raw. So the whole Judgment Day in general... But now it also looks like he's going to make Finn Balor specifically a pet project. That would be cool. I would, assume, I would assume maybe once uh, the day is over, he'll start using Finn how Triple H wanted him to be used. Unless he decides to use him 
but he wants them to be used in Judgment Day. Right, and like I, like I said previously, you can push Finn as a singles guy, but keep him in Judgment Day. Then you have Rhea that you can push as a female star. Then you have the tag team in Dominic and Priest. So you've got everything you need in this group already. Keep them together, but let them do their own kinds of things at the same time. So I think that would be a great way to go. You push Finn off, go maybe challenge Seth again for the U.S. title down the road, maybe the Universal Championship, wherever that goes. So here's the thing with Roman having both belts and how it's different from when Becky had both belts. So Becky Lynch, after WrestleMania 35, won both the Raw and SmackDown Women's Championships. Immediately, they told us those are two different titles. She defended them separately. She lost them separately. Yet Roman has never defended the title separately. Roman has basically always told us that, nope, I got both belts and it's like me having one. So that's the difference when everyone's like, well, can't they just have Roman defend each belt separately? Well, they could, but they've already kind of told us that that's not going to happen because he just defends one or defends them as one. Unlike Becky, who, if you remember, lost the SmackDown Women's Championship to Charlotte Flair at Money in the Bank, and then Bailey cashed in on Charlotte Flair to take that SmackDown Women's Championship, leading to her heel turn. Anyways, Becky always defended the titles separately. She was always seen as a person with two different belts. Since Mania, Roman's been looked at as a man with two belts that are basically one. Basically, Chris Jericho, 2001, Undisputed champion. It's not an idea. Go for it. If they could do this at WrestleMania, really cool match would be Finn Balor versus Gunther for the IC title. Oh, I'd love it. I'd love it. That would be, that would amazing. be amazing. amazing. Or they could do Drew versus Gunther. One of those two matches, I would love either one. Right, it's just the only thing with Finn and Gunther. That'd be fun because you have Imperium. Well, no, you have Imperium versus Judgment Day, but one's on Raw, one's on SmackDown. Unfortunately, unless you're moving Judgment Day to SmackDown. Because, well, yeah, I think the Ray Mysterio is also on SmackDown. They could just move Judgment Day there and be like, you think Ray can hide from Dominic? Right. While Judgment Day's on SmackDown, and Finn could be like, while we're here, we might as well just challenge for the IC title. Exactly. Let's just check and see if we missed any other news before we wrap things up. I don't think we have. Also, I got someone messaging me earlier asking about the whole Colton Gun Jungle Boy stuff on Twitter. It's not real back. Someone reported that they have real backstage heat. It's I don't think it is. I think it's just two people on social media taking jabs at each other just for the hell of it for fun and stuff. And I think that's all we've got. Let's see if WWE's announced anything else for Raw. I don't think so. We only have one match so far announced for tonight's Monday Night Raw. We will see Asuka taking on Rhea Ripley with the winner of this match getting the advantage in War Games this Saturday. Yep, that is the only thing that WWE has announced for Raw. I'm going to check their Twitter really fast because sometimes they put stuff up on Twitter before they put it up on their website. Uh, since Saturday, yes, I tweeted about that yesterday. Unfortunately, 
the great Jason Jason David Frank did pass away. According to TMZ and other uh, outlets, he committed suicide over the weekend. Very, very unfortunate. He was supposed to do some stuff in pro wrestling. And I was supposed to... So, in 2019, Jason David Frank set up a little program to do pro a pro wrestling match with an independent in Texas. Then, in early 2020, he was supposed to come back and actually officially set the match he was going to do. And when the whole thing first started and he teased doing a match for them. The promoter actually reached out to me and asked me if once the match is officially made, if I would like to interview him. I said, yes. Then COVID hit and they never made the match official. And then everything just blew up. And I don't know if he ever did it or had any plans for pro wrestling ever since, but man, I would have got that first interview with him right after they made his first pro wrestling match official. And it never came to fruition because of the pandemic and a couple other scheduling things but mainly the pandemic that is it so has a, a movie go for it what he also has a movie coming out does he well i didn't know that. dragon i did not know that let's see i'm gonna look that up really fast uh just david frank imdb why can't i find his imdb be out, be out in 2023 like gotcha. they just got done filming it oh yeah legend of the white dragon Interesting. He's got that. I think that's a... I know of that one. I think that's a... Um, is that a fan-made thing, though? I don't think that's like 100% Power Rangers canon. If I'm correct. I could be wrong on that. But I don't think that's like 100% Power Rangers canon. Because he's done a lot of these different Power Ranger fan video kind of things. Short films? Yeah, yeah, you can call them that, I guess. But I'm looking through this. Oh, he right did here. one with a. Oh, he did one like a short film collab with like Ultra Street Fighter. Yeah, I believe that as well. And then he's also got this called Underdogs Rising that's supposed to come out soon as well that's completed. But he's got a small role in this movie. Nothing big, I don't think. So, condolences to Jason David Frank and his family. And that's all we got. That is going to wrap up the wrap-up. I want to say thank you guys for joining us here. Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited if you're watching live or if you're watching or listening later, whether that's YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited or podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Remember, we will be back live tonight, tonight for Monday Night Raw. Again, only one thing has so far been announced for that show, so who the hell knows what's going to happen? And we'll see you guys then after the Raw show for the Raw review. Have a good one, guys. We'll see you next time.